Oh, Jurassic Park is frightening uh, in the dark. It's Park Ranger for Jurassic Park. And welcome yeah. to the public access podcast, the podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Diamond. If you don't know that because you're tuning in for your first time, now you get to know I am here today. I have someone who I met in the reselling community on the what's not. If you don't know what's not, what not don't you also know? Uh, here with jokes all day long. Uh, so this guy, he would come in. He was in. He was in my room all the time. Not in my room, but in my <laughs> in my feed, uh, in, in my show, whatever. And then uh, he started doing a show, which was awesome. He kind of took over as soon as I left, which was worked out well. So then I could go and watch his show. And I, the first few, I was like, oh man, I got my show going on. And so he would be on at the same time. I'd be able to watch. But now that uh, now he's kind of taken over more. But he's doing stuff all over. He's on YouTube, not YouTube, uh, eBay, doing just crushing it on eBay. So without further ado, and I don't know why I keep saying that. I keep saying without further ado, I need to say something way better than that. It's just weird and fucking whatever. But anyway, I got my scavenger scout. What is up? How you doing? What's happening? Morning, Rusty. Morning, dude. Uh, yeah, man. So um so yeah so you are now mostly youtube that's correct uh mostly um well not youtube i keep seeing ebay ebay not youtube i don't i'm fucking just on the youtube yeah we went kind of back to ebay um there was a lot of there's a lot of uh uh we're doing the records there's a lot of competition right now because of the uh uh they've let a lot they've let a lot of people in uh now on uh, whatnot they just opened the floodgate so That's there's a ton of people a lot of re- i'm competing with record stores trying to sell vinyls on there and it's just not working out Fuck. i mean yeah i think you saw my post the other day i ran a, i sat on there for two hours and trying to run an action figure show and uh some of that included some of the action figures i actually got from you and oh, okay uh, didn't sell a one didn't sell a one switch gears jumped onto ebay started posting and within 48 hours about eighteen hundred dollars worth of sales. I have, it seems a lot better. And you're, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The eBay is just uh, been as long as you're posting consistently, it usually does pretty well, unless it's something rare. Um, yeah. Like you're saying with uh, the, some of those uh, action figures you may have had have you know probably could, you know, do all right, and you know we'll have people waiting for those to pop up, and just as soon as they pop up, they snatch them. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that can be quite advantageous to you. And so, because um, I mean, you're, you're on there, you're, you're, I mean, so like in a, g- give me a, a breakdown of like a, a regular day. I mean, there's not a regular day in a reseller life, but I mean, let's, let's say a regular day as it can be. What's a regular day look like for you? Um, what time yeah, you up? Up, yeah. um, usually up, uh, out here on the west coast, usually up by around, uh, I don't know, seven, eight, and trying to figure out what we're going to do for the day. If we kind of usually plan ahead, if we're going to catch like a, an estate sale or or hit some yard sales or stuff, I got certain. But right now, the estate sales have slowed down a lot because the holidays. They don't really run very many during the holidays, so people are in dying. Yeah, they're just well. I, I people aren't showing up to those because they're busy Christmas shopping and stuff. Oh, okay. so. Sure. 
So we, you know, we try to uh, try to find other avenues. Like I, I hit, I'll, sometimes I'll hit thrift stores. Like uh, there's one real close to where uh, we go to mail off our sales in uh, uh, the post office. So I'll, I'll drop the, the stuff at the post office and then head over and go hit that thrift store. And uh, there's some on the other side of town we like and and that have sales and stuff. So. Once the car empties up a little bit, you have some room to bring some stuff back. Yeah. yeah. Start all over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of my one of my best finds at the estate sale here a few months ago was in uh, it's a collapsible um, what do you call it? A hand truck. It's all aluminum oh, collapses all up. Breaks down totally flat. Staying with you, right? Huh? That's staying with you and not getting sold. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a keeper. Yeah, I was like, I seen it. It was in a. I was like, man, is that somebody's or is that for sale? And I seen a price tag on. It. I was like, shoot, that thing's for sale. So I grabbed it, and, and I know what they go for. I think I picked it up for like six or seven dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say anything under twenty, man. You just fucking grab that shit. Like six oh, bucks, yeah. six, six, seven bucks. Yeah, hell yeah, that's a fucking fine there. Yeah, especially a tool you can use like that. That thing is so nice. Yeah, having to bring fucking boxes of god knows what in and out so yeah um yeah that's fucking cool that's that's a good deal are what's uh what are the resellers like around you do you have a lot of are there a lot of kids around are you kind of like doing your own thing like when you go to a section of a of a thrift store or to a estate sale like are people usually running over to where you are first or i mean what's your competition kind of with that um you know what? A lot of people that are uh, that we compete with at these real uh, these uh, state sales or uh, yard sales and stuff. A lot of them are, uh, or even just going to the secondhand stores. A lot of them are uh, just people collecting stuff. They're not really like resellers. So, awesome. Yeah, and then I also do a like uh, now that I've retired, uh, a buddy of mine. Uh, he also he's also retired, but we do a. Um, automotive uh, car parts auctions. So I'm always looking for man, what I call them, we call them man peaks, you know? So we'll I'll pick up signs or anything like that. Guys want in their man caves or, you know, but um, I've, I've sold so much stuff doing that too. We do that probably- You can say uh, shit if three, you want. Three to four times a year, three to four times yeah. a year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, people, that's like stuff people are always gonna want. I mean, that's, that's yeah. bread and butter right there. So, um, yeah, fill, fill that up. And, uh, so, okay, let, let's go back to, so you retired now. So you retired when? I retired in, uh, June of, uh, 2020. Yeah. So, uh, you just like the fucking, the Rona happened and, uh, and you're, you're, you're out. Well, uh, my, my whole thing was, uh, I was a I was a correctional officer for the state of California, and uh -huh. uh, I I started at 23, and Jeez. the whole thing was when I started I was like, well, I'm gonna get out as soon as I can. And our retirement age, uh, thank God they never moved it while I was in was uh, 50. So I was like, man, I'm getting out. I'm not staying any longer than 50. Well, when I went to retire, uh, you're better off to retire at the end of the year like around November, December. So you can roll all that time because I had a lot of time on my books. I didn't I didn't take a lot of vacation or anything. So I had a lot of time on my books. I didn't want to get punished on taxes. So I was going to roll it into, you can do what they call a double drop. You can drop it 
part of that those hours into your your 401 and your 457. Uh -huh. I could drop part of it at the end of that year, and I could drop another another drop in January. So you could do a double drop. So I was waiting for that. Well, then uh, <clears throat> out of the blue, my mom, they put her on dialysis. She was having a lot of health issues, and so they put her on dialysis. And so I was just like, I'm done. I retired in less than 30 days. And so I left in June. And I just, you know, I was like, I don't care about the taxes. Of course, they punched me on them, but oh, well, it is what it is. And yeah. so I left to help take yeah. care of her. And then she ended up passing in November of that year. And then I was kind of like sitting around the house twiddling my thumbs like, man, I got to do something. And so I uh, started looking for part-time jobs. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, anybody will pick up, uh, you know, an old, a guy that went to, to work for, for 20, almost 27 straight years, you know, no problem, didn't get fired, you know, but I think they looked at it as like, oh, we don't want this, we don't want this guy, you know, he's, he's been behind the wall too long, he's, he, he's, he's probably gonna yell at customers, or, but I had a hard time actually finding a job, so in February, I started with Lowe's, and started working part-time in, uh, in lumber, which was very physical, and uh, I mean, I'm a big dude, but boy, that was, that was, that's a young man's job, yeah, I mean, it was when I was doing it, when I was, yeah, moving fucking Harvard floor and I was in my mid thirties and I was, I was too old for it then. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's not a well, fun I, didn't get moved. I, I, I told the, the, they wanted me to go full time, but I was like, nah, I said, but, you know, I said, I appreciate it. And so they, uh, they picked me up from seasonal to part-time and then, uh, I got kind of my dream job, which was in tools. Cause that's right up my alley. I love I love tools. I mean, you don't you don't tattoo a, a ranch on your arm. Oh yeah, if you sure. don't like tools, or, or you're not mechanically inclined. <laughs> so yeah, not, I, uh, not. it was a perfect fit. So I I, lo I loved working. I loved working there. Loved the people, but it just got to be. I mean, it was good. It was because it was therapeutic. It helped me get back and be able to communicate better with people. Not that I wasn't good in communicating with people, you know, in my old job. But there's just it's a totally different aspect behind the wall and yeah. you're, you know you're a little more short with people and to the point got things to do and you don't have time to mess around and but you know <clears throat> it helped me acclimate back to i i tell people it's, it was good it was therapeutic it helped me acclimate back to society and uh and uh and just start talking to people you know better and it was good it was good for me but i i, I finally left when whatnot uh one, I decided to let me start selling. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done here. This is, because it just got too, um, uh, what do you call it, corporate. It was just too fucking corporate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was time to go. Yeah. There's, there's no reason to, to hang around if you're. Yeah. I mean, you're doing that just because you wanted something to do. I mean, you can. Yeah. Do whatever you want to do then, and so, um, so yes, then get get in get out and uh see so you got some you only got some stories from uh the co days so were you at like a state oh, prison yeah. or were you at a, a jail yeah, yeah i worked yeah i started uh i uh, started at uh avenal state prison in 93 and uh the academy i went there uh, the academy's up in in galt so i went up there for the academy back then was only six weeks so but what do you have very, to do? 
you, you learn how to shoot the guns. You go through like all the, I mean, they run you through everything as far as like, I mean, you're, it's like you're in school because we had night classes. It's a little less condensed. Now, now, now you don't have to actually live on the, the campus. It's an old college campus. They had dorms and everything that we stayed in. So is it like um, a police academy? Almost like military. Different? Yeah, yeah, but you didn't go home at night. You stayed, you stayed well, there, and and, and uh, it was more uh, military type, and just you know they were they were on you, you know. And I was man, young young guy, twenty three, you know, didn't have kids yet, but um, my first wife, it was like wow, you know, this is everything kind of hit me reality. Like man, if I fail out of this, you know, I don't. I don't think I can go back to my construction job. So yeah. you know, nose to the grindstone and, you know, learn how to shoot the weapons and, you know, the baton classes early in the morning and you're out running. And, wow. And, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're on you. It was very physical back then. A lot of uh, physical, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't remember what they used to call it. Like self-defense type classes, basically weaponless defense. So we do that stuff, and, and and it just yeah six weeks of that, and then uh, graduated, started Avenal State Prison, and uh, would have been let's see, I left the academy in September. I started there the end of end of October, first week of November. I think I went wow. to Avenal. So okay, started there at the state prison. I liked it there. I spent uh, I'd only spent. Shoot, what did what did I leave there? Three and a half, four years. I think four after four years, they had opened a, a new prison in, uh, in Corcoran, and so I transferred there. And uh, the uh, the original uh, Corcoran uh, State Prison was right there, and then right behind it was our prison, which is called SADF. It's a California substance abuse training facility. Well, had, had some substance substance abuse yards too but we had we had also we had level four yards which is like the worst of the worst and you know we had everything in between but kind of kind of got to work all levels which was good well what was the one that you were i mean where, where if you were like okay i really want to today this where i want to be and like or like the other days why am i not here at this part what part is that um you know what i worked a long time in the uh, the lockup unit which was the uh, what they call ADSEG, administrative segregation. Um, so is that right when you get booked in? That's one well, no, what that is. Uh, it's you know they they say a prison's a city within itself. That's the jail. You know the guys okay. that are messing up out on the line or guys that are in trouble. They're in jail within jail. Yeah, they're they're okay. they're they're locked up. We bring them their food to the door. They don't they don't move outside the cell unless they're in, in restraints. You know. So you're dealing with guys that are that are maybe in there because they're scared or they've had a threat on their life or they, you know, maybe they somebody's tried to take their life, you know, and they've recovered. So they're in there for protective custody or and then you're also dealing with guys that are that have, uh, you know, they've, they've found that they've got, you know, strong gang ties or whatever. They may be there, you know, they're up there in rank. So you're dealing with like all different types of guys and stuff, you know, so. Your biggest sure. we your biggest weapon in there is this right here, man. Your biggest weapon. That's how you get things done. You learn how to talk to people. Yeah, I've yeah. talked to murderers and killers and rapists and child molesters and everything else. And you, you know, I could I could talk ninety nine percent. There's just some of you just can't talk into doing doing what you want or moving where you want or or you know they just can't rationalize or maybe they're having mental health issues and 
And that's a big issue now in the department too. A lot of, a lot of mental health. I mean, we see it on the streets with the homeless. You know, they've closed so many mental health hospitals here in the state of California, and they, they threat those guys end up thrusted into corrections instead, and that's just the wrong place for them. They're not, they're they're getting mental health, but they're not getting what they would in a state hospital. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's they closed down so many state hospitals. Uh, you know, pretty much all across the country, shut down <laughs> tons and tons of them. And, yeah. and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a lot bigger deal. And then, I mean, it really got swept under the rug for a lot of, for a lot of that. And, uh, yeah. you know, just like, oh yeah, that's it. They closed down the state hospital, you know, but, and then you don't think about the repercussions about them closing down the state hospital. That's not, all those people don't just disappear. That's yeah, a bunch gotta go of people just right out. And yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's a difficult one. And so then, with that then i mean i mean what's the kind of the protocol for that do you kind of are you passing them off or are you still uh we, we, usually, there... we, we have mental health referrals we would do um you can refer them to mental health um you can fill out like a little chrono and you know it's kind of like a little checkbox thing you know, like they, you know they're, they're showing this type of behavior you know uh, whether it's voices or talking to themselves or you know or they're violent or or whatever you can do mental health referrals and and they'll usually tend to them i mean for a long time mental health was kind of ignored i mean not really ignored but it was uh it was second to medical and and everything else in the in the department of corrections but now it's 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 they push it out to the forefront but there's also guys that come through that manipulate it you know there's those guys that you know they're they're not really mental health but they're they're using it to uh for their advantage you know it's easier. That's it is when yeah, and that's the way it is when you're dealing with with guys that are doing all day, you know, and they're in, they ain't got nothing to do, but you know, see if I yeah. can better my situation. Yeah. So okay. So then it's yeah. I mean, because if it's like yeah, whatever, someone who uh, you know murders someone and pleads insanity or something to that effect, yeah. when when it's not really the case, and so yeah. it's yeah, the easier okay the easier way to get through and yeah yeah so i mean so to and i mean i mean do people kind of are they acting are people acting like more crazy when they get in you know just to kind of like it right off the bat or is that a thing that's happening or yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's very, crazy is the right word yeah but, you know it, it, uh, yeah it varies it varies from uh from guy to guy and then like my last my last uh my last five years, I was kind of like in my dream job. I was, uh, I actually did the paroles. I, I would take guys, I processed all their parole paperwork every day. Oh, okay. So I, I was, yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool. I had, I had weekends and holidays off and, uh, you know, just kind of a, you know, 6.30 to 2.30 job and came in, got my state vehicle, my state phone, you know, and. Oh process these guys at, at what we call r and we call it r and r it's called receiving it stands for receiving and release so anybody that comes through the prison whether they're they're being received or released they all be processed through there so like all the buses some my partners they're working dealing with all the buses coming in and all the guys that are uh, coming in and out or getting guys ready for out to court because there'd be counties that show up from all over the state you know and, and they have these guys scheduled so the out to court desk from up front would have paperwork and send it to us. Hey, have this guy ready at this time. 
you know, Placer County's picking this guy up uh, at this time, you know, we'd, we'd have to have him ready, you know, and whatever it would be. So my, my partners handled all that. And then I just, I concentrated on, on paroles, um, which got pretty heavy at the end. The last, the last, I mean, I was processing a lot of guys. There's times I would end up doing overtime and doing two trips to the train station. So what, what were you doing then? Uh, I mean, so is that like, you're not like the, the person that's like stamping, like, you know, paroled, you're like. No, 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 no. I make sure, I make sure all the guys. Yeah. I make sure all the paperwork's right, correct. And it's all been signed off by the right people. Okay. And then I, okay. I'm sure that the, the, the inmate, the parolee, he signed all his, where he needs to sign. I signed where I need to sign. And then there's a process. There's a, uh, I've taken like to a uh, what they call the central control, uh, which is uh, the central control sergeant comes out and he he interviews each one of them, asks some questions, you know, and uh, yeah. and he has paperwork there that he can refer back to to make sure it's the right guy. He identifies them with the picture, and then I take them to the to the outside gate, and then while I'm in the armory arming up the outside patrol sergeant, he's there processing them. He's the last one before they go. He's there to make sure that I've got all the proper paperwork. I've got the right inmates and, you know, in five plus years of doing it, knock on wood, I, I never released the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. So. And I mean, I, I bet they were a lot more happy to see you at that point than, you know, the rest of the time you were there. They're probably oh, yeah, they were, they were, they were probably oh, pretty I would go good do, spirits. I would go do overtime on the yards and uh, guys knew me by name, you know, because my last name, it, it's not real common, Hevener. So they'd be like, hey, CO, CO Hevener. They always have a question about paroles. You know, hey, I'm going home this time. And when should I have my dress out sent? You know, dress outs are their their street clothes. You may have their family oh, okay. send them in. Uh, there's also several charities that send them in too. And then I process all those and I, I send them a little, a little, um, I was gonna say kite. That sounds yeah. like very prisony, but I was gonna I send them out a little little note that says it through the mail. The, the institution says, "Hey, your stuff's here in r, &R. I've got it." You know, so yeah, it's, it's so quite then, a process. Uh, with that, then did um, so okay. So they don't. It's not like on TV where they end up. Uh, yeah, where they, I don't know. They have like they come in in a suit or something. They got the suit. They got the shoes. They got the watch and the. You know, oh, like whatever they whatever they were incarcerated with gets uh, they get thrown right. back at them and it's, it's two sizes yeah. too small. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does that end well, up like going back to their family or something? Or does that just get know. taken away to the state or what happens? No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I don't. I never worked at a. Um, I never worked at a reception center. No. Uh -huh. So I don't. I'm I'm guessing that stuff got taken away at county at the county level because it's not allowed at the state because you, you have to look at that clothing as escape paraphernalia. It, unless it's unless you're putting it on a parolee, it's it's yeah. escape paraphernalia. Yeah. Okay. You guys can use that with a fake ID and you know and try to walk out the institution. You know. So you Which can have that. Happen. It's happened. Just. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. what did any? What? When you were there? Were those that happening? Not at, not at our not at our prison, but other prisons. Um, yeah. You know, we we have we have lots of training classes we go through. And they'd have like escape escape classes so they would go over that stuff they'd, be, they'd show you the inmate face and like this inmate did this you know in such and such year and you know and he he uh he he 
had clothing, uh, you know, smuggled into him that, you know, and he walked out the, he walked right out the gate with this ID and he had taken the, like his picture off his inmate ID and cut it out and made a fake, uh, staff ID. And, uh, yeah. So then, uh, I mean, did he ever find people or situations of people who were trying to do something and it was kind of stopped in his tracks? Uh, or like, I mean, what's the closest you kind of got to to that, to, you know, finding someone uh, tunneling through behind a, oh. a poster or something or, or whatever it might yeah. be, whatever their escape plan may be? The, clo- the closest I ever got to any of that was uh, my... Uh, the yard I the yard I worked on at the time I worked a swing shift and uh, they had uh, discovered uh, this guy was making he had made a uh, this guy was real artistic and he could make stuff out of out of the state state soap bars and he had carved a uh, pistol out of a state soap bar and he was going to try to use that to escape and it was very detailed all all he needed was he was trying to get some something to color it black. It was still still white like the soap. Yeah. And uh, the thing was very detailed. And uh, I remember seeing Polaroids of it. But it was on the yard I was working on. And uh, I think they found it during a, a cell search. Um, I think somebody had tipped them off that, hey, so-and-so's planning this. You know how artistic he is. He's made this pistol and blah, blah, blah. Like, what? And so it uh, the officers went in and, and uh, went through the guy's cell and, and actually found it. Whoa. So, so then like what kind of, you know, stuff, uh, like if someone turns someone else in, like what kind of, I mean, what's, what's their benefit of turning someone else in or tipping someone else off? Is that helping them out later on down the line? Well, sometimes they they don't want the yard on lockdown. So if the yard gets locked down, you know, they don't get commissary, you know, their, their canteen that they order through the, the little store there on the yard. They don't, you know, that all gets shut down and, you know, it just disrupts the program. You don't get out for yard, you know. Um, they're what they do what they call uh, cell feeding. So they're feeding you in your in your cell, you know, rather than oh. walk you're not getting to walk to chow, you know. They're bringing meds around, so you're not getting to go out to, to the med line to stand the med line and they cut it up with the fellas, you know, and and hang out out there. It just it 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 uh it kind of hinders everybody's kind of freedom. You know, and and there's guys that they don't like the program disrupted, so they'll be like, you know what, this guy, eh." you know, or I mean, or the guy that tells on you is doing it because he just never liked you. You know, maybe you disrespected him at some point, or he just didn't, yeah, he never really cared for you, or something like that. And so, yeah, I mean, so then you got reasons to definitely be doing that, and uh, and so, I mean, what kind of I mean, so, okay, so this guy had what could have been a gun. I mean, so let's say, uh, I mean, he didn't get through. I mean, would that be, let's say they, they I mean, if the hypothetical situation, he's, I don't know, out in the yard or wherever he may be and pulls this out and, you know, it's not going to shoot anything, but yeah. I mean, what, would, what would kind of be the protocol? Like if that kind of situation happened, what would, I mean, you just—I mean—you'd have to put the yard down and 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 you know let her, let everybody know on the radio what kind of situation you got. You know, and you're you know you're probably relying on a on a yard gun that's maybe 
you know, could be up to a hundred yards away, you know, and he's in an elevated position and he's looking at this through binoculars and thinking, Oh man, that look, I mean, it, that looks like a gun, you know, I can't yeah. imagine that happening. Yeah. It would just be, you know, and, uh, you know, you could have a, just a crazy situation right there. But yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Could that be worst, absolute worst case scenario? Would that be the guards, the guard up in the tower firing on him? Uh, if um, necessary, absolutely necessary. If he uh, saw, yeah, I mean, you could, you, yeah, I mean, you could use it to, uh, you know, use use the force policy is, you know, to, you know, to prevent escape. You know, one of one of the things is to prevent escape. But uh, also, you have to think about, you know, your background, your uh, your your uh, your backstop, what they call it. You know what? You know, if I shoot this guy with a with a mini 14, which is a 223 round, it's the same as like an AR 15. If I shoot this guy, is it going to go through him and it's going to hit, you know, staff members that are behind him, or is it going to hit that that guy that's compliant that's laying on the ground on his belly? You know, that inmate yeah. is going to, you know, then I'm liable. You know, I, I've got to think of, you got to always think about your backstop, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I didn't really want to bring that up. It's just kind of a, a, you know, a touchy, more of a touchy subject. And it's, you know, kind of a, you know a difficult know. question it's, and yeah you it's, know. it's it's one of those you know it, um i had a good supervisor when i first started and he used to do these what ifs you know and he'd pull us out for training he'd go okay what if and he would he would lay out the whole scenario and he would and he would just point to somebody random okay how would you handle this okay and then and then he'd point to somebody next after you rambled off what would you do to support him you know what what would you do you know and oh, okay. how would you handle that differently and it, it always it always made my wheels turn. So I I went through a lot of scenarios as I was working. You know, just the what ifs. You know, I, I used to always okay. You know, what if what if what if this guy comes at me and tries to, you know, what if, what if you run into somebody on the what they call the catwalk? You know, where you're up on you're up on top of the roof in an elevated gun position. All of a sudden, you've got an inmate on the roof with you. Okay, what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah. You know. And what do you do? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like, okay, what, what if, you know, what if this happens? What if, and it just always made me think. But that sergeant used to always do his training like that, and it was, it was good for us because it just keeps you really thinking about, you know, what kind of situations you could be in, or, or, uh, yeah. or in, in, incur, you know. But, you know, some of them were kind of far fetched. You know, you'd be like, ah, chances of that happening, but you just never know. You know, somebody leaves something unlocked, or you know. You know, it's usually a mistake by one of us that, you know, causes that. These guys are always watching, always watching. You got to realize you got all those eyes on you all the time. And they're watching, making sure, did he lock that? You know, did he check that door? You know, we could go in there and go get high or whatever, you know. And Yeah. Well, I mean, was that ever a thing? Uh, I mean, finding finding drugs or, I mean, what's like oh, yeah. the weirdest thing people got high off of that you saw um, and that you found? Uh, we had a few, we had a few officers, uh, uh, my last couple of years, we had some people who got exposed to, uh, fentanyl. In oh, searches. Bring them in. Yeah. Bring that in. Um, yeah, there, there, there was, uh, no, there was inmates that had, had it and they found it in a cell search and that stuff oh. will actually, it'll go, it'll absorb, it'll absorb through a uh, rubber gloves. So even if you're wearing search gloves, rubber gloves, it's, it can't oh. absorb into your skin. So yeah, we used to, 
supervisors used to carry, uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what they're doing now, but they used to have it like in the control booth. And then I think they started having certain supervisors carrying it, but they had like the, uh, uh, what is that stuff? The Narcan? Yeah. To be able to, uh, yeah, if offset the drugs. Out, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so like yeah. that, that became a thing. So I mean, like, I don't know, people are, you know, someone else comes in with it and, you know, like, I don't know, is it, I mean, I'm just, what I've seen, I haven't had any experience with it. So it's just kind of what I've seen, you know, on TV and movies, which is the stupidest shit anyways. But so, I mean, <laughs> so I'm like, is it people coming in, like they're the person coming to visit them, you know? Yeah, they try to, they try to, yeah, they try to visiting the, uh, they try to send, they try to send drugs through the mail. Dirty staff work. There's dirty oh. staff too. You, know? yeah, you ever encounter any dirty staff that you had working with you? Suspicions or, of some, you know, yeah. just just the way they interacted with certain guys, you know, but never nothing, you know, you could really prove. But I mean, there's guys that later on you'd be like, oh, they got caught. Man, I knew it. Because when I worked that shift with that guy on overtime, and he did seem kind of funny, you know, and it makes you go back and think rethink. Uh, yeah, the situations you're in with that person. So then, did you have any inmates that you became you fairly close with, or you know, developed some good friendship with? Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you do like your like your like your guys that your uh, your 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 inmates that work over in the uh, uh, when you're on the yards, like a lot of your clerks. Uh, you know, they're uh, you kind of depend on those guys. You know, right write out reports or write out incidents and things like that, you know, stuff that's non-confidential. And uh, you build a rapport with those guys, you know? And so, but I mean, as far yeah, as like- uh, that? You said? Yeah, yeah, okay. Mates, yeah, they, yeah, they do, they, they're, the, they're the backbone of the uh, the program office. I mean, they, they write a lot, they type up a lot of stuff, you know, like it's, oh, I mean, it's always oh. non-confidential. If you have something confidential, they have, uh, the uh, there's actually a secretary that works in there during the day and, and she'll handle that or the lieutenant will, will type it up, you know, for you or, I mean, or, or if you type, have to type it up yourself. Which, yeah. I mean, Which all my reports were handwritten for years till like probably the last five or six years. I, and that's what I was used to. And then finally they started, oh no, slowly you had to start Write them on the computer, which I hated because I'm a hunt tech guy. I'm not a I'm not I'm not good at typing. So a lot yeah. of people that were good at typing, they're like, oh yeah, this is great. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I could write this out faster. <laughs> yeah. And so then that made it I mean, would that make you uh I mean, it's one of those, I mean, are you wanting to like, oh, I gotta do paperwork. I'm not I'm gonna maybe let this one slide a little bit more. Uh, because you have to do yeah, more yeah, you're more, yeah, you're a little more reluctant to write stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, that doesn't seem that bad. And uh, yeah. so did only, I mean at least dab them at least dab them once. Yeah, really. it was only once and it was it wasn't deep and it was, it was, it was below the waist. <laughs> it, it was okay. I mean, no no one's dying here. And so <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, and so let's see. So then, um, I mean, do that for 27 years. That's, I mean, I 23, I was a fucking dipshit. Uh, you know, uh, I, I not nothing near a, a career that would have lasted 27 years. Oh, I, 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 I was too. Yeah, I was, 
I was definitely a, uh, a dipshit too. I had, uh, I mean, I, I, when I came in, uh, the department was a lot more hands-on when I first got in, you know, it, yeah. it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, we, we didn't take no crap off nobody, you know, the officers and most of the guys I hung with, it was, you know, this, we're going to show you youngster. This is how you do it. This is how you handle it, you know? And, uh, and you know, but what really paid off for me was being, uh, I, I've never had a problem being, uh, being physical with somebody. I, I wrestled all through high school. So I, I okay. you know, as far as like, you know, being able to take somebody down, it never was an issue and sure. they got it and get hurt, you know, doing it. I mean, I, I'm broken. I broke some ribs, you know, a couple of years before I retired, you know, uh, taking the guy down, but, uh, it was mostly my fault slamming myself into the counter trying to gain control but um just you know things uh you know it was just more hands-on when i first got in and it was you know and I, it was funny because i tell people i said yeah when i first got in you know we it was all about hey we don't take no crap you know we tell guys to do it we tell them when to do it how to do it what to do and if he doesn't do it you know we're, we're going to deal with him and right. uh you know and then i started seeing slowly but surely i started guys that were getting slapped on the hand for that kind of behavior you know, all of a sudden they were getting written up and then I started seeing people get fired. So it was kind of a good time when I came in because there was a lot of guys that came in in the, the mid to late 80s that I seen yeah. lose their jobs over stuff that we had been doing, you know, my first couple of years in the department. It was just the department was like, no, 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 we're not we're not doing this anymore, you know, and and so it it, it was good because it, it taught me, well, if I'm going to stay in this, I've got to I've got to change how I handle it, you know. And it was good because I was I was starting to develop being able to communicate with uh, with guys better and stuff too, and uh, and and it's good too because I'm not getting hurt, they're not getting hurt, you know, over over some you know bag of drugs or whatever it is, you know, we're throwing this guy in the ground because you know when somebody blows out their knee and their career is done, you know, it's like seeing that happen too, you know, it's just like ah, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah, so like it, it's just uh, it was. It's better all the way around, I think, overall. When I look back at it now, you know, it, to me, it, at the moment, it was, ah, the apartment's getting weak, and, oh, you know, you know, we got to stay on these guys, ah, but, yeah. You know, and even, even like, uh, uh, the three strikes law when it first came in, you know, and that, that happened right about the time I got in. Was that, yeah, early and, 90s? Yeah, and uh, so you start seeing all these guys coming in, and you're like, yeah, you know, these guys should be locked up and throw away the key, and you start seeing, you start finding out these guys, you know, his, his, his commitment offense, he's doing life. It, it was a petty theft, you know, he was hungry. He went in and stole some steaks, you know, how the store, like, I probably would have done the same thing, you know, yeah. I'm hungry, you know, or, um, but you start to see a lot of that. And then you're just like, wait a minute, maybe this, maybe this isn't such a good law, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's backed away a lot from that. But it's kind of went to the other extreme now here in California. So it's like they would let a lot of guys out that probably shouldn't be on the street. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean yeah, that that's a whole whole different can of worms. And uh yeah. I mean, yeah, like I mean, same same with Oregon. Oregon was the same thing, it just started letting all these people out that yeah, probably should not be out. Um and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's fucking it's wild. Uh, I mean, hopefully they end up, you know, getting to some sort of happy space in the middle. But, you know, 
who yeah. knows who knows when or if that's going to happen or what that takes to get to that area because i don't i don't fucking know what that happy area is in between and so yeah uh so then did uh you have like i mean other people who started with you were they you know military background or what was or just some other some were military so yeah some were uh ex-military some were uh actually law enforcement because state of california was uh one of the top paying uh well they, they still are one of the top paying law enforcement agencies well, we're one of the largest in the country the california department of corrections is wow. and uh one of the one of the best paying i mean i i can't complain i mean it's Kept me in a nice, a nice house, nice vehicles the whole time I worked, you know, and yeah, overtime when I wanted it. Sometimes when I didn't want it, <laughs> you know, which is the bad side. You get, you get held over. You, you gotta stay. Yeah, you, you're out yeah. in 27 years, so yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. That's not, not too, not too shabby there. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. you get in and and do it and, uh so then the, then the I have people... a, lot of guys, a lot of people I, I worked with too promoted you know and and stuff and went up the ladder and uh, i'm glad i didn't because i saw i saw like a lot of them uh, their, their kids either had issues or you know got mixed up with the wrong crowd or drugs or things like that you know because these guys these guys are these these people I don't want to say guys. It was guys and girls. You know, as they're promoting, you know, the kids are left at home to take care of themselves, and and you know they're, you know, they're going up the ladder. Me, I, you know, I just said, nah, I'm just going to stay a, just going to stay a correctional officer. I, I, I was one of the, I didn't, I didn't miss any soccer games. I didn't miss any baseball games. I didn't miss any football. I mean, I, a lot of times I coached the kids' teams. You know. Oh, okay. So, you know, I the good part was I had enough seniority. You know, by the time I, uh, my last probably 10, 15 years, I had enough seniority. You know, I, I could stay on day shift with either the weekends or a piece of the weekend off, uh, just depending on what job I did on, you know, but I had my choice of where I wanted to work. And because they, they actually put the jobs up every three years for bids. So that's how I got into being doing the polls. It wasn't just like, hey, let's give that job to Hebner because he's a good dude. No, I, I bid that job with my seniority. And, a lot of people didn't want that job because it was, uh, you know, they were worried about, oh, what if I mess the paperwork up? And, but it's not, they didn't realize what all the job was about. So, but it is a pressure job. It has to be done by the end of the day. You know, those guys legally have to be paroled and, and gone out of there, you know. And yeah, there's days when you get held up, you know, because of some paperwork's not right or wrong, you know, and, and, and you end up doing some, some overtime. So some people didn't like dealing with that fact that uh, the, the, just wasn't normal shift hours, you know, like, oh, I want to be out of there at 2.30. I just have somebody else come in and take this over. No, you got to finish it up. Yeah. Because you're the, you're the one signing on it, so you want to make sure that it gets done right. You don't want to turn it over to some guy that's in there on overtime that's going to do the wrong thing or screw the paperwork up. Yeah, I mean, then you have to explain to all of them, you know, yeah. how what you were thinking beforehand, and then they have to interpret it the same way that you were intending it to be said and you know whatever yeah. that may be and so yeah i mean just yeah get it done and um yeah because i mean i can only imagine the legal shit that would go on with them that they're you know person not getting out on the day they're supposed to get out you know what kind of yeah. all kinds of fucking shit that they could throw at you for that or not at you but you know at the 
you know, the, the correctional system and, you know, the well, state. I've had, I've had guys, I've had guys wanted to fight me because um, we had, uh, I get the paperwork so they were paroling, you know, and we bring them over for processing. And then I start to go through it and I would get a phone call. Hey, hey, there's the change. That guy's not paroling until next week. What? I mean, this guy's, especially, you know, you go and tell this guy he's been doing all day. You just give him his dress out. He's street clothes. His mind's already going through, hey, this is the first restaurant I'm going to hit. You know, I remember this mom and pop Mexican food place. This is where I want to go, have my first meal. You know, and, the, you know, the wheels are already turning. He's already thinking about the streets. And then yeah. you're the bad guy. You go in and go, hey, bro, uh, let me talk to you for a minute. And then they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going. Hey, man, come on. And the thing is, is a lot of those guys you don't have uh, rapport with because you're not on their yard. Yeah. You're there and receiving release. So you're like, okay, who knows this guy? So I, I would call over to the yard. And usually I had a good rapport with all the, what they call the search and escort officers, the SNEs. And those are the guys that escort these guys from the yards to R and R and stuff. So I call them up. Hey, this guy don't want to go. Away. What? How's he? How's he been with you? You have good. You have good rapport with him. Yeah. Hey, come over and see if you can talk him out. Give me these clothes back and I'm going back to the yard, man. This is not. It's not on me. But I don't. I don't want to fight this guy. So you, you try to handle it at a lower level, and it's just better for everybody, you know. And just ensure them that hey, look, they're telling me next week, man. This is, you know, I, I'm. I would give up whoever called me. I'd say, look, Lori from up front called. She's the one that says your paperwork's this and this and this. Where does she work? She works this the parole desk. Okay, look, I, I got no control over this. Don't kill the messenger, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times they would you you'd be able to talk them down. They didn't want to, they really didn't want to fight, but I could see where that would be irritating to get pissed off. Sure. It would make me mad, you know. Yeah. And I mean, so then. And I, I assume that most everyone, you know, on the prisoner side as well as the correction side, everyone's already kind of on edge more than, I don't know, more than nothing at, you know, 24 seven. I mean, just everyone's, yeah. you know, not everyone's just calmly walking around, twiddling their thumbs and, you yeah. know, it puts things on a whole different level. And I mean, that was something that was, you know, I don't know, like, uh, uh, whatever, with all the, uh, you know, the police stuff, uh, and everything has gone on the last however many years, and uh, how that's always, you know, it always, the not always, you guys pointed to the police officers, the police officers problem a lot, when yeah. I mean, they're, they're just as on edge as the person being apprehended and um and i mean that that doesn't really seem to get brought up nearly as much and it's like they have training it's like well you're still gonna like i mean you've had those experiences and those experiences create the reality of what's going on and that's gonna make it uh you're gonna be more alert and more you know a little bit more on on your toes to be able to i guess in the in all you know, as much as it boils down to it, saving your own ass or saving other people's asses. And so, yeah, that, yeah, that's, it's a hard one that gets just kind of glossed over to it just being, oh yeah, you know, you should just be calm all the time. It's like, well, you don't know. You've had fucking, you went like, that's like, I don't know. That's like telling someone, you know, on, uh, I 
I don't know. I feel whatever I'm going to say here is going to get twisted the wrong way, but like, uh, <laughs> but I mean, that, that, that's, that's the way it goes. But um, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's easy for people to say that they haven't walked a day in your boots, you know, and, and yeah. been in there behind that. It's just like, I, I've had friends that are street cops who told me I'd never do your job. I can't imagine walking around unarmed, just with pepper spray and a baton and some handcuffs and, and walking amongst all these guys, you know, and they'd be like, hey, you know, out there on the streets, at least I'm encountering some people that are decent uh, citizens. You're dealing with nothing but criminals in there. You know, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, you know. And some of the guys that actually understand it are like, I, I know a lot of uh, uh, deputy sheriffs too. So they, they, they get a lot of those guys start in the jail and then work their way out to the street. So <clears throat> they have a little more understanding of how the prison works and, and, and that knowing that, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not as bad as what you think it could be in your mind, but it's also not as, uh, it's not as easy a job to do as, uh, as people think either. You know, some people, it's funny because, you know, you see people, I've seen people come in and they'll be like, they'll work a couple of days to prison and they'll be like, hey, what happened? What are happened to so-and-so? Oh, yeah, they, they turned their badge in. They said this wasn't for them. What? Just a couple of days in, you know, it's like, wow. Well, I can't. Yeah. That, that never crossed my mind when I was, you know, I just kept my eye on the carrot, you know, I was like, okay, get to 50, get to 50, get out of here in one piece, you know, be able to retire. And you did it. So, okay. So, all right. So now, now you're retired, you're 50, you're, you're on the reselling game. I mean, what, what's, what's the, the picture now where, I mean, where, where's that? What's, what's the carrot now? Um, just, uh, I don't know, just make a little extra spending money, you know, and just, uh, I enjoy doing it. You know, we, me and my wife do it together. So we, we go out and hit estate sales and yard sales and, and secondhand stores. And that's the fun part. She was, she was doing it long before me. And I was, so she started like doing, she does eBay, Macari. Um, what was she selling? Um, she just she mostly deals in clothing. She's real good about uh, the clothing. She's just she knows her brands. I've learned so much about about clothing. I just <laughs> I'm like really I really surprise myself. I'll be like, oh, that's a that's a high end item there, you know, or you know, knowing what what is and what isn't, you know. That yeah, me too. I didn't I didn't know shit about clothing until uh, the last couple of years, and then it's like, okay, well, I know something now. But I mean, I still. Most every day I'm wearing a pair of fucking sweatpants and uh, you know yeah, a sweatshirt yeah. or a t-shirt, same t-shirt <laughs> I wear every day, and yeah, you know, a pair of Crocs, and you know I'm I'm not out there, and but yeah, I mean now I'm I'm starting to to learn some stuff, but so she was she was selling clothes, and then you you were getting into what you knew, which was records and action figures and. You know, the records, the records, to tell you the truth, the records, uh, when, why not got a hold of me? They're like, because, you know, you, you know, when you submit to, to put your app in and stuff, you know, they want to know, hey, do you have other accounts on other, on other, um, uh, oh, what do you call it? Other, like, other means other of selling platforms, stuff. Yeah. Other platforms, yeah. So I, um, I was like, yeah, yeah, we got, you know, we have this account, this account, this account. So they, you know, they looked me up and they're like, hey, all out of the blue, they, you know, they, they said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about selling records. And I thought, records? What do you mean records? 
And I, I started thinking, I was like, oh, you know what? I got like, I had like 30 or 40 records, I think, on um, on eBay. And they saw that and they were getting ready to start up their vinyl program. So they were looking for people selling records. So they got a hold of me. They're like, hey, we know she sell records online. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You get quite a few. And I was just like, yeah, yeah. And I just, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I BS. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, once you start, I did blah, blah, too. Blah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then that weekend I was like, crap, what am I going to do? I don't have a lot of records. I just got that little bit. And, um, they wanted me to start up like the next week. And so I went out that, I think on, I think it was a Sunday. There was an estate sale and they had a ton of records up there. And I just went in and bought everything they had. And, uh, the guy that, uh, that ran it, uh, he, uh, I was like, Hey, what, what do you guys want for your records? And so he, so he said, hey, go with them. It was the last day of the state sale, so everything was like half price. Oh, nice. Uh, so they had, they had a, a sign that said uh, all records, you know, like four bucks, so they were $2. So I was like, dude, what about all of them? Because they had classical. They had a lot of stuff that I knew wasn't going to sell. Sure. But there was, a lot of, there was a lot of classic rock and some country mixed in and stuff. So I was like, hey, you know, what, what about for all of it? And the guy like, looks, he's like, and it, it was probably 1,200 records. He's like, How's a hundred bucks? I was like, okay. Yeah, so then okay. I knew, yeah, I knew I could run a cheap, uh, cheap records to start up, you know, and start selling them at a dollar and, you know, kind of like, kind of like the way you ran yours, you know, and you'd hope people would bid some up and others yeah. you, yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. others you still, I still fucking did about even, even on the stuff, even like when it was going, you know, for a dollar, you make like 57 cents. But mm -hmm. I mean, I was still like, yeah at least breaking even on those and it was just i had so many fucking clothes and then yeah i mean the same with the records like the records were which i'm glad finally that they're doing media mail on the records because that was always a fucking deterrent for a lot of people on those yeah, just because uh, the shipping was yeah. outrageous <laughs> on that yeah the vhs the dvds the VHS, yeah I had a little bit of luck on the DVD, doing DVDs with uh, with Blu-rays and uh, and uh, VHS. So just kind of run, but you know, I've gotten to where now I've loaded everything into the store, you know, and then it's like, I, I it's it's kind of flipped because when I when I first started loading everything into the store for my sales with pictures, yeah. people seem to like that. Well, now the crowd I'm getting, they don't, they don't want to go through the store. They, they jump in and be like, hey, I got everything listed in the store. If there's something you want me to run, let me know. And then you, you watch your numbers go down. And then some more people will come in. So you're like, hey, I got all my stuff in the store. There's something you want me to run. You know, just let me know. And the numbers go down. It's like nobody – and there will be that one, one or two people that come in, and they'll be like, hey, uh, can you run that, that movie or can you run that, that album? Like, yeah, sure, no problem, you know. Yeah, it's in the store. It it's yeah, like telling it. someone to read more than a headline. Yeah. Go 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 read an article. Oh, well, I saw a headline on Facebook, you know. That's good. I, I know everything there is to know about it, you know. Like it's 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 hard to get someone to yeah, go a little bit past and just like everything's right there. You just look down the list, here's everything. Like I'm making it easy for you. And uh yeah. Yeah, I mean that you're making you're making it easy. And so then you're doing them more eBay, and then where eBay is just there and you're I mean, it doesn't have that. 
Same my, my record auctions. My record auctions. I was doing. I was doing one a week on Fridays, and then when they brought in all these these uh, record stores or these people that were selling new sealed vinyl, wow. I noticed my. I couldn't hold people in the room. I, I just. I mean, I. I'd be lucky. We'd be lucky if there's four or five people in there, and then you know, and you see them kind of come in and go out, come in and go out, and then finally it just. It got to where I wasn't just. I'm hardly selling anything in records. So I've kind of taken a break the last, I don't think I've sold, I don't think I've run a sale in about two weeks now. I think since Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, but, that's uh, not much clothes. And they just started yeah. having just all these, you know, other people at stores and shit coming in and like, like I, fuck, fuck me, I don't know what to do. Like, there's nothing yeah. I really can do. So then it was just like shift, fucking pivot and fucking go a different way. And yeah take what, take what you have and hopefully you got a different way to do it because no need to my, my wife even brought up the other day, you know, uh like one of the last clothing sales we've seen you do on there i think you had some high-end stuff you're you're selling and and stuff and then uh people just didn't they we were we were watching your live and and then you and the numbers were just kept dropping and stuff and you were just kind of like after she said did you, did you see his face and i said yeah you were just like why do you even waste my time doing this? You know, that was exactly how I felt. I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, uh, I'm not gonna. And I think that was probably because I did one right. I don't know, like, fuck, right before I moved. So that would have been, uh, I don't know, late October, I think. I think I did one then, but before that, it had been, you know, probably just random ones I did in my shop. But I mean, like, once I started seeing those dropping, I was already like wanting to sell my shop completely. Just, you know, hand someone the keys, take all the shit in my shop, just buy it up. And um, yeah, by that time I was like, okay, well, fuck this. I'm, I'm switching gears. This is not working. Like yeah. it, it's not what I want anymore. And um, yeah. So, okay. So when I sold my shop, I don't know if I told you this. So I sold it to a guy for like, I told myself like, there's this price I want. If someone gives me this price, I'm happy to sell my store. And I put the price at like one and a half times of what I wanted. Um, but then I got someone to offer me the exact amount that I wanted. And I was like, fucking sold. Okay, great, perfect. You can have everything in my shop. I'm happy. I'm happy with that number, more than happy with that number. And so a lot of this stuff was closed. And he's a guy from the Philippines. And he, every year he goes and sends boxes of clothes back to the Philippines. So like right off the bat, I think he probably took like, I don't know, 80 or 90% of the clothes and just fucking sent it off to the Philippines. Like, and then he's like, dude, I was looking through the shit and there wasn't like, I don't think I like got enough like value from this money that I paid. I'm like, okay, you know, the clothes were like, you can have made fucking, you know, at least five times the value of what you paid for the whole store with just the clothes. And like, cause I mean, he gave away a lot of fucking really expensive shit. Um, just fucking sent like people in the Philippines are going to be walking around in some fucking killer clothes. But I mean, it was, so he, just, you know, he just gave it to people. He didn't. He didn't like. He didn't. It wasn't like he had another source over there to sell it nope, to. 
nope, didn't search through anyway. Just fucking sent it all off like in boxes, just like one big old fucking crate or something that went on a slow on boat a to fucking Asia, like a big fucking pallet. And um, oh, yeah, wow. I didn't go through any of it. And I was just, I was blown away. And then, yeah, then I had to deal with a whole bunch of shit with uh, the processing, the credit card. That was a whole fucking nightmare. Um, oh, I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, that whole that whole part was fun. So, but yeah, so that guy ended up. <clears throat> I don't know. He paid for it, so I ended up getting my money and getting out. But uh, I I felt kind of bad, but then he didn't fucking do anything, so I don't feel that bad. He didn't look through any of the stuff or you know try to look anything yeah. up. Just <clears throat> took it and fucking that was it. So uh, I don't know. So. You, it's all about pivoting with whatever you're doing and i mean you've pivoted from you know going from to retire to hey i need to do something and you know this i'll do this job and uh, i could go do go back into work and like ah, pivot and then go you know start selling uh and yeah. you know get to spend more time with your wife and you know get to have more freedom and do stuff you enjoy more and then stuff's not happening or whatnot get over to ebay and just keep fucking pivoting and pivoting and getting to you know getting it more and more dialed in to everything that you like and what what you do and you know keep yourself and what's working what's selling and you know uh, that's what's that's what's important um and then yeah getting to yeah spend that time with your wife i mean she's probably pretty happy that she gets to you know spend time with you every day or most of the time probably she's probably pretty happy um, as opposed to, you know, you being gone during the day, you know, she gets to have her time with you. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure most of the time it's probably pretty, pretty all right for both of you. And, uh, yeah, so then, so now, so, okay. So people, they want to find you, uh, where, where are they going to find you? How are they going to get a hold of you? What am I going to put on here to, uh, link to for people to find you to buy stuff from you? Um, yeah, they could get hold of me on uh, Instagram, Scavenger Scout seventy. Uh, no, no caps, no spaces. <clears throat> it's the same. Uh, that's the same name I use on whatnot. But uh, I also, oh, okay. I mean, I put I put personal stuff on there too. But uh, I always put pictures of like when I have a we have a good sale, and I'll uh, take pictures of the boxes. Hey, getting ready to ship, and you know, thanks for all the you know the buys last night or wherever it may be, and and. Uh, send stuff off and uh but yes yeah, uh there's probably that's probably the best way to get hold of me that way or on uh i, I think uh i think my ebay is uh kurt 2268 c-u-r-t 2268 i think that's my ebay c-u-r-t c-u-r-t Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go and I'll link that up, but I'm going to go and uh, I'll have this up in like, I don't know, within an hour. I'm going to go do it right now. And I don't edit it because I fucking hate editing. Uh, so <laughs> it's not worth it to me. And I, I like, I yeah. like having the raw interview. I don't need some fancy music or anything. Uh, if I want to put ads in here, I could, but I just, I, I got I got some stuff in the works, but I mean, if I want to just do it, I, it's easy to add in here, no problem. Just I'll cool. do it. 
automatically but um yeah i'll link your ebay store your whatnot store and your instagram and uh yeah so thank you so much uh scavenger scout for coming on in and uh i hope hope that things are awesome and yeah, I'll, I'll see you around uh somewhere or maybe i'll come in and catch one of your shows or catch you doing whatever you're doing uh and so yeah thanks again and hope your day is fucking killer and everyone else's day is fucking killer and that's the show man <laughs>